0: Hi, welcome to Trained. At Nike, we believe that greatness isn't born, it's trained. And that means more than just a workout. Each episode, we'll bring you conversations with leading experts in what we call the five facets of fitness. Training, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep. I'm Ryan Flaherty, Senior Director of Performance at Nike. I train some of the world's best athletes, like Saquon Barkley, Russell Wilson, and Marcus Mariota. Today, we're talking about the value of holistic training, how bringing other modalities into your routine, and specifically yoga, can help you make progress towards your goals. You're listening to Trained, presented by Nike.
1: Whether it's discomfort or holding a stretch for a good amount of time or you know getting in the flow and having to, you know, towards the end, really having to breathe and open up certain parts of your body, that is, you know, teaches me mentally to to kind of live with the, the same hurt. Like if you get to a, a certain spot where it gets really tough and it's not going to get any tougher, you just have to learn to live in that moment, breathe, think in that moment, you know, decision-making, that sort of thing. And I think that can be applicable, all of those things can be applicable to, to what I do on the basketball court.
0: That's Kevin Love, five-time NBA All-Star, 2016 NBA Champion, and power forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kevin is one of the top basketball players on the court today. Part of the way he got there was by expanding his training regimen beyond just basketball. Kevin understands the importance of holistic training and is a dedicated practitioner of yoga. He got started with the practice shortly after his rookie season and was hooked. Today, he tries to practice every morning. We got to sit down while we were both in LA and talk about how yoga has helped make him a better player and a more authentic version of himself. One of the words that came up a lot in our conversation is longevity. Kevin wants to be able to play basketball for a long time, and it guides a lot of his decisions about training and how he spends his time. He's not the only athlete I've met who talks about longevity. It's a priority for most of the athletes I work with, actually. And really, it should be a huge motivator for anyone who's into training. And if longevity is the goal, then intention is the practice, the thing you should be thinking about every time you get to the gym. You can't walk into a training session with a goal like, I want to play basketball for 20 years. It'll be hard to focus on what you need to do that day, and easy to get frustrated when you can't make it past a certain rep. Instead, set a specific intention and attitude that you can return to again and again in order to reach your goal. Intention is at the core of yoga. At the beginning of a yoga class, the teacher sometimes tells the class to set an intention for that day's practice, and to think of that as they encounter difficult poses. You're not supposed to set some intentions or a few intentions, just one intention. The power comes from focusing on one immediate thought, mantra, or goal for that session. Maintaining an intention helps guide so many of the other decisions in your life. It can be hard to set priorities with all of the demands life puts on us, especially when it comes to training. There's something called decision fatigue. It's the idea that as we go through our day, it becomes harder and harder to make decisions. It's because every decision we make taps our mental energy, and our brain starts to look for the easiest or quickest option. And when we're tired and faced with a decision, we'll opt for the status quo. Having an intention can clarify so many of the decisions you have to make. If your intention is to PR in a lift, you need to keep that top of mind so you can say no to things like late nights or skipping recovery days. So it's not surprising that someone like Kevin has gotten into yoga as a means of becoming a better athlete and basketball player. He's one of the most intentional people I've spoken to, and it goes into every area of his life. You can tell throughout our conversation that he puts a lot of thought into the topic at hand. And no matter what he's doing, Kevin embodies the idea of focusing on your why. So now, let's get to the interview. Well, first, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So, I want to just start a little bit, just back up a little bit from when you were younger. Like, how did you how did you get started playing basketball?
1: Well, my dad he actually put the the ball in my hand. so I was you know fortunate to have a uh, dad who had been an all American in high school. He's all American at the University of Oregon. You know, and was the I believe ninth pick in 1971 by <laughs> the uh, Washington Bullets. So. Uh, I had a dad who was, you know, very, very into bringing up his kids through sports and immersing them in that that culture. So I was exposed to that at a very early age, and uh, I had the height. I didn't, uh, you know, I think I wore a size 15 since I was, yeah, that would have been 11 years old. So, <laughs> no way. Yeah, so you're looking down here at Dude. my my forces, and yeah, they only made so much in my size. Yeah, I was that kid that was wearing. Uh, shoes with the with the holes in them and the rips in them. And I just have to patch them up and go out there and, and do my business. But no, to answer your question, my dad was the one who put the ball in my hands. And I have photos of myself growing up that, you know, I always had a ball, whether it was a baseball or basketball, but I was always, I guess I was just predisposed and that made it easy for me. And I've loved it, you know, even since I can remember him before that.
0: Yeah. Did you play any other sports growing up at all?
1: Baseball. I love tennis. Always been a huge fan. Actually never been to a major. Hmm. I'm 30 years old, never been oh, to a we major. You need, we need and to change it's that. It's like low-key my favorite sport. Uh, but baseball, I think if I was left-handed, I might not be sitting here right now. Because I, <laughs> I grew up a, a huge fan of, I mean, it was an obvious choice in the Mariner, especially if you're in the Northwest. Oh,
0: yeah. You mentioned uh your dad what was what's something that your dad taught you at a young age that sticks with you today
1: I' say just the competitiveness mm. i mean he uh, I think there's things that you learn from your parents because you're so susceptible to change, uh, especially early on, but even through probably all the way up through the time you leave for college but uh, for me, it was just never <laughs> losing that competitive edge. I have a funny story when uh, it was the first time I was pitching. In Little League, and I believe I was 10 years old, and I was a very emotional kid. You know, I can't tell you how many video game systems I broke when <laughs> my brother beat me. <laughs> I, uh, it was uh, i was pitching and i was 10 years old and i was you know i was doing great but we weren't scoring any runs and it was the first time a, a kid had hit a home run off me so I'm, i throw my glove i get out of the inning you know i am tearing apart our our dugout and bats are flying on the floor <laughs> and uh you know i'm crying and you know, i can't believe this kid hit a home run off me we end up winning the game but you know i can't get that out of my brain yeah uh, I did not fail quickly at that age. <laughs> and uh, so I was creating this whole scene in front of all these people that were watching the game. I know a lot of people at a Lake Oswego all-star game back in Portland. But, uh no I, I, I then went home and my dad gave me the earful and I was still crying. And the coaches ended up wanting to have a, not a meeting, but almost like an intervention. Like, we're going to suspend Kevin a few games for, for this. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so they actually came to my house, sat on the couch. It's like a recruiting visit from a college <laughs> coach. And so they're sitting across from my dad and myself, and then there was my my two coaches for the baseball team. This is 10 years old. Wow. Uh, And I was wrong. Like, I I acted up. I probably should have been, uh, you know, if not suspended, there should have been something that was going to happen. But I remember them telling my dad, like, if there's any way Kevin can, like, pull it back a few notches and calm down and and maybe not be as competitive. And my dad basically told him, you know, get out of my house. Yes. You don't get to tell my son. You know how to act when it comes to being competitive and uh-huh. being who he is, because you know the only way he's going to be the best is if he keeps his mindset. I don't want him to lose that, mm. so I think that's that's what my dad had taught me early on was was uh, even if it was a backwards way or not, just being being competitive. But he wanted me to hold myself to a higher standard with how I responded to adversity. I get worked up just you know trying to remember that. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So I want to take a shift a little bit to just talk about yoga with you. You know, earlier this year you were part of the yoga campaign for Nike. Yeah. And you talked about how you got exposed to yoga in LA um, around mm-hmm. your rookie season, but would love to talk about just like your first experience with yoga and kind of how that went and your first class. And
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of stumbled upon it. It was actually in Westwood, this guy, he was kind of the yoga guy to, to a lot of NBA players. I remember Stumbling upon him working out, and I was looking for something to kind of offset my workouts. And this was right after my first season in the NBA. So, you know, going into my rookie season and playing in San Antonio one night, flying back home and playing against the Boston Celtics. And I wanted to find a way for my body and peace of mind and, you know, just being my body be more pliable. I wanted to to work and do yoga because I thought it was a way to not only, you know, really help my body and my flexibility and to get my weight down and be able to play a grind of an 82-game season. It was also to, you know, be able to just take a breath and reassess where I was at either in that particular day or week uh, or month and just, you know, kind of feel it out mentally as well because I think when when you practice yoga, all of that, you know, comes to the forefront because it's really assessing what you need that day.
0: Yeah. Were you hooked like after that first session? Did yeah. Cause, and I didn't realize how hard it was. Yeah, I yeah, mean, if you, yeah. if you
1: really want to make a workout out of it, mm-hmm. there were times he would go in and he'd say, you know, what did you do uh, today? Usually I try to do it early in the morning because I think that's the best time to practice it mm-hmm. or right before bed because your muscles relax and, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, kind of sets you uh, up for success when it comes to sleep. But, you know, if I had a workout or two or did basketball beforehand, he would he would ask me that and he would kind of set the workout and the tone of the workout and where the workout was going to go based on that. But, gotcha. um, no, I thought that was the, the best way to do it. Cause even before I had the presence of mind to even listen to my body, he was kind of ingraining that mm-hmm. whether I knew it or not.
0: Yeah. What's the biggest impact yoga has had on you? Is it the flexibility or is it more of the mind body connection? Both. I think hmm. it's
1: mind body, but I think it's definitely the the flexibility Uh, as well as the mental side too, Mm -hmm. just uh, whether it's discomfort or holding a stretch for a a good amount of time or, you know, getting in the flow and having to, you know, towards the end, uh, really having to breathe and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, open up certain parts of your body. That is, you know, teaches me mentally to, to kind of live with the the same hurt. Like if you get to a, a certain, spot where it gets really tough and it's not going to get any tougher you just have to learn to live in that moment breathe think in that moment you know decision making that sort of thing and I think that can be applicable all of those things can be applicable to to what I do on the basketball court because now even more so I, I, I won't do Anything I won't waste any energy if it's not going to affect my basketball in a very gotcha. po- a possible way. It has to be applicable, and it has to mm-hmm. be performance-based.
0: So given the fact that you mentioned you know, an 82-game season, super long season, body takes a beating, where in-season does yoga play a role for you?
1: Oh, I think it's
0: uh, – Is it day, like kind yeah, of a daily? Yeah, I mean okay. it pretty much
1: is. I mean even on top of that, like stretching in the most general you know, uh, ground floor mm-hmm. sense uh, – you know, it's never a, really a bad time yeah. to stretch. I yeah. mean, and, and for me, it's just, uh, I mean, from like a meditation standpoint and mental standpoint, just taking that time, even if it's a minute, two minutes or six deep breaths, um, that's, I, I think, very key and not something I was a late adopter for. I wasn't like mm-hmm. an early adopter for this. So, um, it was really getting my routine down and and sticking to it, and there was there 's always a, a you know a chance throughout the day where you should uh, you know be working on your flexibility i think it 's key even if it 's for you know start slow even if it 's one two three under five minutes, and yeah. then build your way from there
0: what 's your favorite yoga pose go favorite to?
1: i don 't really have a uh, you know it 's easier to say the warrior poses, but for me it 's
0: uh, or when you 're working on today pigeon
1: on it because my hips are so yeah, tight, yeah. and I think just being my size and like you uh, and in, everybody, though. I think yeah, it's like if you're running, like yeah. exactly. Hips are always, and I think that um, is probably, you know, I know we're talking about the body, but like people's Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that if you have to get one hip through and one, you know, hip to really loosen up, I mean, there's, there's you know, uh, there's a world of uh, good things that can happen and that can come from that. But that that can be applicable for anything. I think my, my, uh, my shoulders are, you know, something that I really try to open up and through my back and you know, kind of through my mid spine, but that is continuous effort trying to do that. It's This is, that's an everyday thing.
0: What would you say to someone who's maybe skeptical about adding yoga into their routine? What, what kind of tipped you over the edge for why you felt like this has got to be a staple of of my life? Just
1: kind of the way it makes me feel. Mm. I mean, from the, I don't know how to explain it. No, no, that's great. It's it's just, uh, it allows you not only to, to work on your body, get out of your head, give yourself a chance to take a, a breath, but at the end, uh, you know, you're just laying there in what Shavasana and, and you know, just kind of giving thanks to everything around you and and uh, taking the time to, to uh, heal your body and uh, move forward.
0: All right. So I want to switch a little bit. You've become pretty well known for your being an advocate for mental health yeah. and um, your experiences and sharing those. At what point did you decided like you really wanted to start talking about this and sharing this with people
1: well that was that's a whole story in itself too i mean i've dealt with anxiety and depression my whole life and it's funny because when people talk to me even my best friend from back home it's almost like he had no idea Mm. and i hid it forever and this is what i try to tell people all the time like i'm getting you know to to where i am now it's like i'm still the same person like if if you know, I'm still going to be myself. It's just, I I just carry this weighted vest every day Mm. with me. I carry it around uh, all the time. I've just Mm. learned in the last probably 18 months how to have a different relationship with it. But there was a lot of things that led to uh, at least where I am today and being an advocate uh, for mental health and mental illness. um, uh, It was November 5th. I had had, you know, a number of things going wrong, Uh, off the court and it was really a terrible time for me personally. Uh, And then on the court, we were having a ton of trouble as well. Mm. So we had high expectations and basketball has always been the last pillar for me. It's always been my escape. It's always been what I've loved and just something that's been super fun and and free for me. So uh, when that was going poorly last year to start the season I think we were like three and seven or, or or three and eight and we were the team that was supposed to be first in the mm-hmm. east and you know compete for a championship again and go to the finals so on November 5th i had had uh you know my big moment which was my uh, uh my panic attack and I tried to hide it from everybody for so long uh, January was a really tough time we had you know a number of losses uh, you know there was a lot of blame pointed and I was you know one of the guys we had a team meeting and you know, the guys had kind of gone at me with not knowing what, exactly what was going on. And that's when I said, okay, I don't want anybody else to tell my story but me. And, you know, I wrote the Players Tribune article. I press send it on that, and I had no idea mm. what was going to happen after that
0: kids look up to you thinking like, wow, if I can get yeah. there, my whole life will become better. And, and for you to share the message of, no, actually nothing changes from when I was 13 yeah. to where I am today. The issues I'm dealing with are the same. All that happened is, yeah, maybe my circumstances are a little bit different, but yeah. at the end of the day, the problems are the same. And because regardless of where you're at in life, they're going to follow you unless you start to deal with them head on early. Yeah. You know? you
1: fight your fights like you live your life or yeah. they'll follow you into eternity. There and I always say my, my thing is... Like nothing haunts us like the things we don't say. Mm. I held I wish I would have had somebody tell me that or drill that into my brain at a at an early age. So I think about how I want to project myself and be real with and share what message with those kids while still knowing that like you know on the court I'm I'm going to come at your head. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'm 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 still me.
0: We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Kevin will talk to us about his diet and how he sets goals. Stick around, we'll be right back. If you're a trainer, join a community of trainers looking to make fitness better for everyone. Learn from leading experts in performance, mindset, nutrition, recovery, and sleep. And get an exclusive 30% discount on Nike gear. Apply at nike.com slash ntcpro. So you know, as a basketball player, like you mentioned eighty two games it is a long season it's different than you know most sports where you have a shorter season than you have an off season you have a lot of time to train like the NFL really a lot of times your training is you're playing. so can you talk me through a little bit of what your off season looks like what's your off season training look like
1: the off season training is really picking apart what you need to work on on your game and what you want to add. You should always add something every summer. Mm-hmm. And then making sure that your body is ready for the grind and ready for the long run, because yeah. that's the only way you're going to survive in this league. And yeah. re- making sure that between the ears you're solid, because sure. you know if you don't start off on a, on a high note, or you you know go left or right, or even if you're at that little split and you just <laughs> go, you know. It's going to divide mm-hmm. at some point. So mm-hmm. you have to find a way to, to bring it all back in and, and make it all work for you because everybody's different.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We talk, we talk to a lot of, uh, outside of athletes, a lot of experts in, you know, the field of sleep or nutrition and recovery. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them comes on here. And they can't help but talk about the other facets because they all impact each other, right? Like if they your do. nutrition is not great and no. you're, you know, Drinking late, you're going to skip phases sleep of sleep. Terrible, and, yeah, yeah you know gonna then you're going to make that decisions get REM the next sleep, day. But not
1: deep sleep, so you're not going to get the muscle restoration. Exactly. In, and yeah, it's just all not, those things they yeah. feed
0: each other. So, so it's kind of you can't you can't really focus on them without all of the others right. combined. So, talking a little bit about you know strength training, for example, in the off season, yeah. what, what what type of strength training are you doing? What are some of your exercises that you're? You know, it's you go funny. To?
1: I used to do a lot of. You know, maybe for the last four years or so, I did a lot of uh you know mixed in i should say it wasn't the uh the, the huge bulk of of what I did but um olympic lifting mm. and I found that you know my bus my muscles were were uh you know pretty stiff i wasn't um I wasn't really responding that to that as well as I should have so um you know I started working uh, with a new trainer out in uh New York City we started doing a lot of band work, a lot of stretching. And then when it came time to lift, it's only been, you know, it's only 35 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a quick hitter. And we kind of go, we do, uh, we have Tuesdays and Sundays off. And uh, the rest of the days we're working out. We're usually going A, B, A, B, A, B, upper, lower, upper, lower. Um, But it's a lot of, um, uh, you know, stuff in order to, um, you know, correct movement patterns like and Mo- yeah some i was gonna say bad biomechanics bad movement patterns but then yeah we're doing um uh you know a lot of um interval work
0: mm. on top of that are you also focusing on skill-based training that day too
1: yeah skill-based training and, and stuff that so get on you know, the like, court or... yep get on the court um you know but that usually because you know like i said four straight finals usually in, in the past before that I, i'd start you know doing my basketball in may but usually it's towards Later in July and maybe even August now, uh, but in this particular offseason, like I'll start doing basketball now in about you know two weeks or so, okay. maybe even uh, a little bit sooner. But only getting in the gym maybe twice a week, feeling the ball, uh, getting a lot of shots up, and then you know you'll incorporate all the stuff that you've been working on off the floor, mm-hmm. all the sprints, the jumps, uh, you know, making sure that your 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 body is balanced throughout and then kind of reassess where you're at and then adjust the 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 strength and conditioning training to the basketball from there.
0: Gotcha. It seems that you've just kind of continued to get more and more intentional with everything you're doing the yeah. more you played. I mean it, the more years you've been in the Exactly.
1: League. And you know, now that I'll be heading into my twelfth season, it was so easy in the first five or six years to just roll the ball out.
0: You know, it's <laughs> yeah, how it yeah. is for everybody. Yeah. But
1: it was uh I think you know I've had to adapt and adjust and knowing that uh, and knowing that if if I want to feel like me and play like me I just have to put in a little bit of extra time mm-hmm. and 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 do what works for me but that that is a big part of 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 chasing the game and chasing yeah. what you love and you know good things will happen you know yeah. it'll chase you right back
0: yeah We talk a lot with nutrition experts and we, you know, one thing we talk a lot about is that there's, there's something out there for everybody, not, not one diet fits fits for all. And so everyone finds what, what works for them. And you kind of mentioned, you know, I tie it a lot of times to what result are you expecting or, you know, being specific about really what you're trying to get out of your diet. Yeah. Um, for you and, and playing at the highest level you possibly can, what does your diet look like if you can?
1: Well, I think you've, we just mentioned it, too, with intention. Uh, you know, my intent in the offseason is to get some of the, the weight and stress off of my legs, and that – uh, most of it's, I mean, it's easier said than done, but I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, create less of muscle mass and, and, uh, uh, just put less pressure on my legs and on my joints and on my back, uh, you know, so that I can play 20 years yeah, if I want. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I'm just throwing a number out there, but I think, uh, actually during this season, I usually pack on about five to seven pounds. It's not always you know, great way. It's not always muscle mass. Mm-hmm. It could be just bad weight, but I actually feel like my energy levels in my fat stores are a little bit higher. And I actually need that to mm. get, to get through a season. And then right after the season, it just comes, flies right off. And I think a lot of that has been diet as well, but it's just, for me, it's, I have a pretty simple diet. It's, um, uh, you know, uh, high iron veggies, it's, you know, mixed nuts, usually, uh, mostly almonds, um, you know berries because you know they're they're you know sugar content I usually try to keep my sugar content pretty low if mm-hmm. I have carbs it's either a uh, you know a, a, a white rice for instance or like a a, a, a yam mm-hmm. um, and then you know chicken uh, all sorts of fatty fish a lean red meat uh, I'm trying to think of what else it's like it's really pretty pretty standard and pretty basic.
0: Do you do macro counting at all or anything like that? Or you no, I feel? think,
1: you know, discipline is is so key and discipline. What's discipline? Like deciding between what you want now and what you want most.
0: <laughs> all right. So I want to take just sidestep to sleep now. And we talked a little bit about this. How many hours of sleep do you get a night? I try to get eight. Okay. It's really, really hard. We talked to a bunch of sleep scientists who talk about, you know, sleep routines or yeah. wind down routines. Do you have one of those?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, it's some of it stretching, yeah, um, which is huge for getting
0: your nervous yeah, system. Ready.
1: I don't really take anything besides melatonin. I try Good. to eat earlier because if I go to bed full, I'm going to have a, I'm never going to get yeah. a deep sleep and yeah. I'm going to wake up and, uh, water consumption is really hard for me because I pound water. Same. Pound. P- and I pee like nine times. Me too. Over. I wake yeah. up twice in the night yep. and I'm like, why did yeah. I have so much to drink later? <laughs> but I just crush water. Uh, And then if I'm trying to uh, take a nap throughout the day, especially whether it's game day or after practice, I'll have some magnesium and, you know, find it. I think meditation is, or even just taking very, very deep breaths for two minutes just kind of sets you.
0: Yeah. You've spoken about longevity and obviously having a long every career. And I think what's, you know, important, I'm sure where you're going with it is being able to go out when you decide it's time for you to go rather than being told, um, you know, or forced out. But I think, you know, with that is, are you still setting goals? Are there still goals at this point? You're 12 oh, yeah. years in. Like, and Can you talk a little bit about that, how you set goals? You don't need to go into the specifics you don't want to, but you know, how do you set goals for yourself year in and year out?
1: Time is just getting shorter. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to take advantage of my time and not only further my career on the basketball court and uh, we talk about longevity, make sure in that my body's good. Like I'm taking care of my core pillars, my core competencies first. Like It's either going to... Uh, you know affect my job, affect uh you know my family or you know affect my friends, whatever it is. so you know when I work up wake up, the first thing I think about is how am I going to get better at basketball? How am hmm. I going to How am I going to make my body better to be able to perform? How am I going to, uh, you know, better a relationship with a teammate or a co- like? It's all centered around basketball because I know that nothing happens without that
0: ball. Mm-hmm. So you kind of mentioned on this though, real quick, because we've touched on this on a few other podcasts. So I just want to end on this real quick: is that we've talked a lot about how people tend to get really outcome results oriented and, and forget about the process. And let you, me
1: tell you this please. before you even ask: thank you. The chase is always the best part. There's nothing better. There's really nothing better than Mm -hmm. the chase. It's funny, like, I speak of, I know this is a sports-related podcast, but I went to MIT, I went to Harvard, I went to MIT, and they were like, no, 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 we go in there and just tell the people to fail. We don't want them to know anything coming in. Mm. Just fail. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, (laughs) no, because that is going to generate growth. That is going to generate people that want to aspire to be something even greater. Like, you know, if you go back to even Jordan, like he didn't make his high school team, mm-hmm. like, and look, you know, he turned into the, you know, greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you see, uh, you know, if you, you know, Braun's story is unbelievable. Like these stories are all unbelievable because they took either, you know, failures or, or shortcomings or, Getting te- dealt a terrible hand, but that chase—I would say that is what that uh, each one of those very, very top athletes and and any business or anything that you're a part of, what you'll look at and say, man, the chase—it is the best part. I'm telling you, no doubt. It's not. It's not always about the end result. I think that using that end result as a north star is amazing and you should because everybody has to have their eyes set on that it has to be uh visible is not the right word but it has to be you has to be able to you know you lay your eyes on it, be able to reach out and touch it but i think you know the steps to get there and the side steps and you know one step forward two steps back and and those tracks in the sand getting there is is everything it's it's the best
0: Thank you very much, man. Like, this is, I cannot wait for people to hear this. You've been awesome. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Uh,
1: thank you. This was, uh, no, this was fun.
0: It was so great to talk to Kevin about his journey and how his experiences led him to become an advocate for mental health. But if there's one thing I want you to remember, it's this. I loved what Kevin said about getting in a sweat and a stretch, always. It has a huge impact on his game and his mindset, and it's something everyone can do. And you can get both at the same time with yoga. Tomorrow is International Yoga Day, and it's the perfect time to start, or if you're already someone who practices yoga, keep going. Or as Kevin says, take the time to breathe. It can be as little as one minute. You can make that a part of your nighttime ritual, or the first thing you do when you get up out of bed in the morning. The Nike Training Club app has a series of yoga workouts that you can use to start your day or wind down. They're designed by Nike experts and can be used for any occasion, whether you want to work on flexibility, active recovery, or mobility. And whatever you're working on today, set an intention. Maybe it's as small as thanking yourself for showing up. It's not always easy, but it matters. Trained is produced by Nike Training Club. If you're looking to take your training routine to the next level, check out the Nike Training Club app. In it, you'll find holistic guidance and free workouts designed by Nike experts. It's a great way to stick with your training goals no matter how much time you have, where you are, or what's going on in your life. Go check it out. That's Nike Training Club app, available on both Android or iOS. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with physiologist Dr. Shona Halson for a conversation about all the latest in recovery science. This is Train. Talk to you soon. Consult
1: your doctor before engaging in an exercise program of any kind, especially if you have a medical condition. Use good judgment and common sense about your own fitness level and ability when engaging in a training program. If something doesn't feel right, stop immediately and seek medical attention as necessary.